are listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Magic and give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. Technology is not an expense, it's an investment. Look at what ThinkHR has done for our clients and even our team. It's an amazing product and I'm so thankful we have that. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Things are changing for us in 2021. Not all big business anymore. Now that we have Cover Wallet on our team, it's amazing that we're going to be able to write small business profitably. This is Power Producer Shop Talk production redefined are you ready to feel the power hey everybody welcome to power producers we're in the 30s dude this is episode 30 something (laughs) yeah we have been isn't this like yeah i'll check her out real quick while we're talking looks like this is episode larry this is larry bird's episode doble trace Dude, I knew it. the hick knew it. from French Lick. That, Very legend, baby. That guy had an epic mustache, and he needed to. And it's so <laughs> funny when he, when he did not, when, like when he shaved his mustache, it like he, yeah, epic his, everything. His lip looked like it was just it like literally he, like curving into his beard. mouth. I looked like an idiot. Yeah, it's weird. Just like a little. Little baby lip. What's up with the uh, the the towns being named something lick? I'm not. I, I don't. I don't get that. I think that's weird. I don't know. Well, yeah, French lick. Um, you know, you've got your like, lick. Yeah, the other one that sort of gets me is when it's like bottom or wallow, like soggy <laughs> bottom or yeah, bottom's weird. You know, wallow. Like um, I've seen a heard bunch too many of wallows. I've heard of those in West Virginia specifically. Of course, you have. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta you gotta go in the wallow to get to the hollow. So, but listen, today I want to talk yeah. about something. I think a lot of producers get jacked up. Um, you know, I think that when you're worried about selling insurance, sometimes you don't realize that you can really bring a lot of value to your clients in other ways. And what I'm talking about is things we can do to make our clients money, right? And like so, people, they get jacked up, like excited, or jacked up, like they mess it up. Or they just don't even think about it, right? True. Because they sold the insurance product, so I don't really need to bring any other value to this relationship because I just sold you real good insurance for another year. I feel like as producers, we always have to be thinking about what kind of value we can bring to our clients because otherwise somebody else is going to. That would be because you're in an agency that puts value on value. (laughs) True. But that being said, I mean, I'm going to recap a little bit about uh, the trip that I had to St. Louis last week because it's a prime example of that. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't go up there to go on a world tour. I went up there because one of my friends that has an agency uh, had some problems and they needed help getting them fixed. And it wasn't one of those things where I felt comfortable just doing it remote. So I went up and blocked off a day and spent it with them to walk through the strategy of what they needed to do to bring value to their client. And here's the deal. This is what I'm talking about. I think a lot of producers are going to be able to relate to this because I think even if you're a niche player, 
almost everybody has at least one construction related account. I, I have to believe that. Yeah, they just, I mean, there's so many construction companies in various forms that something's bound to come in, some sort of contractor. So, I mean, it, it's just going to happen. Yeah, and, and this one was for a GC, but that GC qualifies for jobs for a larger GC, mm -hmm. um, which is not out of the ordinary. And the issue is that this GC let their mod get up to a 1.11, and that was because they didn't listen to some of the advice that the agent gave. And as a result, the mod got out of hand. And, you know, this guy had been very clear to his client that if that mod got above one, they're probably not going to be able to qualify for some of the jobs they're used to qualifying for. And that was to the tune of $20 million in the last year. Jeez. So. Uh, it wasn't like it was a small chunk of change. Now, this is a very, very good relationship and probably not in jeopardy. But every relationship's in jeopardy when $20 million is yeah, on the no table, kidding. whether you you know whether it's family or, or otherwise. Who gets, yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. Right. And so, you know, I went up and I wanted to show them how I go about making an appeal to why somebody who has a mod higher than one should be allowed to qualify for work. And there's a process involved in that. And, you know, in order for me to make that argument, I have to understand the loss profile of the account itself. So it starts with looking at the loss runs and figuring out exactly what happened. And on the loss runs, I noticed there was an account for, or not account, a, uh, an, an incident for uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars that didn't make sense uh, based on description. And as I drilled down on it, what we figured, what I found out was, that it wasn't one of the construction guys who got hurt. It was actually a part-time cleaning lady that worked in their office. And, you know, they were just literally supposed to clean the office and, you know, like other things, probably did some work at the owner's home as well, you know, because we want to run that through the company as an expense. That's a great tax shelter, the old cleaning lady switcheroo there. Um, but... You know, she was explained. It was explained to her. Look, you can't go to the second floor of our building. We had some roof damage. Uh, we're what's not exactly what's on the, what's on the yeah. second floor. Yeah, couldn't. Yeah, like I, I picture like her dragon. going up there, and it's like that um, that Geico commercial where the guy goes up in the attic and all the creepy toys are up there and the mannequins. <laughs> nope. nope, I'm out. See, <laughs> yeah, not me. I mean, no. so maybe that like lured her up there. But as you can all imagine, she went to the second floor after being told no. And the issue with that is she stepped out into the middle of the second floor and fell through the, the fell through the floor, which meant she fell through the ceiling of the floor below her and ended up fracturing her wrist. So my first point that first I made... First of all, the fact that that was the only injury from falling through the ceiling, I mean, a fractured wrist. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're going to find out good. soon enough that this lady's a pro. So I'm right. sure she knew exactly how to land. So the first argument was, this is not even a construction-related injury. We should not be punished for it. And so when I ran the the Magic report for it, I simply toggled that claim off. By the way, beautiful feature of Magic to be able to toggle claims on and off. But Probably my favorite I, one. Yeah, I toggled the claim off, and it showed that the mod dropped down to the point nines, and they would have been eligible. So mm -hmm. the first thing was, you need to take this claim, throw it out. This is what our mod looks like without that claim. This cleaning lady is never going to be on one of your job sites. It right. should not be held against us. Then we started digging into the cleaning lady a little bit, and we went into the state database, and we found out that she had four, not one, 
not two, not three, but four prior workers' comp claims, which is a huge faux pas in the hiring process, especially if you have a state database that'll tell you that, right? So we fell on the sword on that one. Hey, look, you know, we're asking you to throw it out. We understand it's our fault that she's here. We let that slip through the hiring process. Since then, that has been amended, and we check the state database for everybody before we make them an offer. And so it showed that there was some habitual workers' compensation issues there with this lady. Um, Then the next thing we did is we calculated their DART rate, their days away from work, you know, in the frequency, and we used the benchmarking tools inside of the Bureau of Labor Statistics website to show that they were far superior to Mm -hmm. what they had, um, anybody else in Illinois was. Yeah. Yeah. And so they... It was insane how good they were. Um, And so we brought that up because a lot of times I don't think that people realize that the mod is not always the best predictor of what's going to happen. You know, it doesn't take things like the dart rate into consideration when in all actuality, those are the things OSHA looks for if they're going to do inspections on job sites or whatever else. So I wanted to make sure we calculated those rates appropriately and presented him to the owner of the company because I wanted Mm -hmm. him to know, like, if that number was bad, he needed to make sure he knew that. We needed to make sure he knew that too because that's only predicting you're going to have bigger issues down the road, whether it be a surprise audit or a worse injury or something like that. And then the last thing I did is I went back to Old Faithful, which is the Experience Mod Worksheet, And I referenced the paragraph at the bottom of the experience mod worksheet that clearly says that, you know, the mod worksheet is to be used for insurance ratings and rate setting purposes only and should not be used for safety scoring or job bid awards. Boom. Now, how many construction companies that are using the mod to qualify for people have ever even read that that paragraph was there? And it's one of those things where I almost forgot about it. Mm-hmm. It's it's so obvious and it's such low-hanging fruit that sometimes that's the last thing that enters my head. But we positioned that in there as well. And then we pointed to all of the reasons why the mod wasn't an accurate reflection of their safety performance because of all of the other things we showed them ahead of time. And so we took the time to review all of that information. We packaged it up. We wrote a good narrative around it. And then it was presented to the right person to make the call as to whether or not to open them up to to be able to uh, win bids from them again. And I think that's the other thing. If you're a producer or you're an agent that's out there and you write commercial business and you're listening to this right now, Understanding who needs to hear your message is really one of the biggest things that you can do because so many people think that, oh, well, it's XYZ compliance company that's screwing with me. No, it's not. Those people at the compliance companies know nothing about insurance. They never know about insurance. And I used to get so frustrated because... (laughs) I would call over additional insured endorsements and all of these other things. And it's crazy because I would have the person on the other line say, but, but it's not checked. The box is not checked. They, they didn't yeah. check the box. I'm and sorry. That's what I was going to say earlier. I mean, you, a lot of these people who are you know requiring this mod to be at a certain level, they don't know any better. They don't know what it means that they just see that it's not below one and they're like, oh, all right, that's out. 
so it's it's a prime example of needing to know your deal, needing to know the client, and and being able to tell that story. Yeah, and, and understanding that the risk management department of a large construction company is outsourcing certificate compliance and bid compliance to a third party because that's mm. management 101. You delegate to the lowest level of competency. You don't need people in your risk management department looking at certificates yeah. because that's just a huge waste of time. So the point in all of that is you got to figure out who the who the person is to talk to at the mothership. You know, that company is the one. Their risk manage, management department are the ones who set those guidelines that the box checkers are making sure you're compliant with. Mm -hmm. And you have to have the conversation with them and make sure that they know, you know, where you're coming from and, and why you think the way that you think. And you can present your case. And if you do that in a, in a coherent way, most of the time, if you've got a good case, they're going to make an exception for you. The problem is we don't do that, right? Like yeah. the average producer is just not going to go through that process. They don't realize that they actually have the ability to influence the risk management department at the company that will not hire your client. And so if you can get involved and you can have that conversation, you can get your client back on the straight and narrow and represent, you know, all of the things that you've done to make sure that you're working safely. You have your safety committee, your toolbox talks, all of that stuff. You can you can actually make a positive impact and help your clients make some money. I mean, it, it's really that simple. And if you're not doing those things, then you're an insurance salesman. You're not a mm -hmm. trusted advisor. You're not talking about total cost of risk. You're not selling a value proposition and delivering that value proposition to your clients. You're literally renewing policies every year and hoping for the best. And I can't tell you the number of times where I've talked with agents who've said, oh, I didn't realize I could you know, try and get them out of this. I didn't realize I could write a letter to so-and-so. I didn't realize that I could build a business case. Well, guess what, people? When you have accounts that are paying your agency fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 a year in commission and you're getting 20, 25 grand of that as your personal income, you're telling me that you think it's a $25,000 a year job to show up at renewal once a year and maybe check right, right before renewal to get updated exposures and that's it? That's why business gets taken away from agencies on agent a record letter, period. Yep. No, I'm with These you. These people don't realize that, that there's a whole different game to the insurance animal than just going out and placing policies. And, you know, I wanted to do this shop talk on this specific topic. I've got a million examples of when I've done this over the course of my career. But I wanted to, to, to share this one because I think it's something that's relevant. I think that as COVID continues to progress, and, you know, here's another fun fact, people. I'm going to make a statement that some of you are going to take as political. It's not. We have a Democratic administration now. We also have a Democratic House and a Democratic Senate. So one thing you can be sure of is that government regulation is getting ready to tighten down. That has nothing to do with me making an untrue or an opinionated political statement. It is a true fact that Democratic administrations prefer government regulation and government involvement, and the Republicans do not. They want to push that to the states and let business owners and people make the decisions that are best for them. So you can be sure that more companies over the course of the next four years will have OSHA inspections. It's going to happen. Mark the day down that you listen to this podcast, and then when you hear of one of your clients getting one, 
you can go back and say, oh, yeah, David told me that we were going to have more OSHA inspections back on, you know, whatever day you listen to this. So mm-hmm. it's important because, again, you better be able to make cases. But take it another step further. You don't need to make just – so let's just say everything went through. This person's approved. They go. They get the the work. What are you doing to ensure that you gave that person in the risk management department for the other company your word? What programs are you going to put in place to make sure that things don't happen again? Because there were other losses on the loss runs. I mean, this is a large account. It wasn't just the cleaning lady. The other ones were there. There was one for maybe five or 6,000 and I think another one for either 30 or 40,000. Yeah. But with those those trends. Yeah, but with with those two, it was still below one. So right. what are you going to do to make sure those guys are operating in a safe environment? I mean, you you need to improve on it. It's not just as simple as, oh, thanks for getting me opened up for bidding again. I don't need your help anymore. Right. You need to make sure your client understands on the front end that if you're going to put your neck on the line for them and make this argument, they're going to deliver on the back end by you know, implementing the necessary programs. Yeah. I think if you set that table up front, you know, hey, this is not just going to be a, a one time I come in and fix this. Like the, we're going to have to make some changes here. I, I, you know, I think that's huge um, and to get their buy-in because that's reasonable. I mean, how much credibility do you do you build instantly once, you know, once you're able to go in and do what you just talked about and, and, and get them back up and running with some of these bigger jobs? It's almost immeasurable. Well, and the other thing too is for me, this is one of the reasons why I was so attracted to moving to Think HR for the learning management system is because, you know, if we know that we need manual material handling, we create that learning track and require all of the people that need to understand manual material handling to go through that. Mm-hmm. We can go in and monitor from our dashboard whether our client is doing what they said that they would do. Right. So there's accountability all the way around. And I like it because it's not me constantly having to, to beat on them to, to have them give me their word and me just hope that they're being truthful with me that they've run their people through this training. Now I know beyond a shadow of a doubt yeah, and it's a way for point. me to hold them accountable. And by the way, you know, we run the people through, they get a certificate at the end of the program. Now I can print that certificate, those certificate, all of them out in a batch, send them to the underwriter and say, just want to let yeah. you see these, you know, all of the people went through the training. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that carries some weight, maybe it doesn't, but I'm a huge fan of posturing instead of stacking the deck in your favor. And that's an easy way to do that. I agree. Yep. Most importantly, when you were in St. Louis, did you meet Nellie? No, I didn't. Mm. And I had been really, really working on my country grammar and I had a band aid on my face the whole time I was there. Big Nellie guy. Nellie Radio on Pandora. Solid. Have not listened to Nelly Radio on Pandora, but yeah. I will tell you, I do have Nelly on the hard drive in my car. And while you've not been in my car for a while, got a couple of base cannons in the back. I've got two twelves. <laughs> of course you do. I don't know why I shouldn't have that. So <laughs> I don't know because you're not seventeen. Nope, I'm not. But I like a, I like a, I like a uh, I like a healthy amount of bass in my life. <laughs> It's all about the base. Uh, and on that note. Yep. I say we wrap it up, man. Cool. Happy Friday, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. See you. Later. you 
You've been listening to Power Producers Shop Talk. You can follow us at the Power Producers Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to take your game to the next level, check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit Amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book, The Extra Two Minutes. 